Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. And we're back to keep it 1,000th episode. Well, we've been on since 1987. (laughs) The first and last podcast. That was some fast math. Yeah. Yeah, we were were up against the Golden Girls. Yeah, what else was that? (laughs) Kate and Allie. uh, Yeah, Cagney and Lacey were our competition (laughs) at the time. Valerie's family, the official after show podcast. No, she had actually been fired by that time. That's right. Yes, right. (laughs) Just Jason Bateman running it. Right. It had become a variety show by that time just for Jason Bateman. (laughs) But uh, in case you have not been listening to us count it down for the past few weeks, this is the 150th episode of Keep It. Wahoo. I can't believe... I don't, can't say we've made it this far. I can't believe you guys have made it this far, and I have added 50 episodes to my list, but this is a, a huge achievement. Congratulations, guys. I'm disappointed at us for sticking it out, too. You think <laughs> we would have learned the error of our ways. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a long-running show comparison to give Aida of, like, you join, but then you... You keep going for like the next 50 episodes. Oh, well, it's like Mary Tyler Moore. She's like Betty White joining halfway through or something. Mm, Yeah, you're Betty White. I hope career matches anything that Betty White has accomplished. Good. (laughs) Miss Betty Black reporting for business. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you're the same age. That's right. True. Well, I mean, we will both never die is what I'd like to think. So. I like how you were looking for a contemporary reference, and I was like, what if we went to yeah. 1974? Well, yeah. Lewis, that's your M.O. <laughs> that's how your brain operates. Well, let's talk about Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm kidding. I've never seen it. Anyway, we have a very exciting thing for our 150th. Yeah, we're already wasting time. Yeah. Oh, we didn't say our names. This is We didn't say our names. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Ira Madison third. Louis Fertel. Aida Osman. And this is Kefit's 150th episode. You know how out of the loop you would have to be to join this show at the 150th episode? You'd be like, what do they do? They make lists? They make right. lists. Mm. <laughs> but that's what we're doing today. <laughs> we are. I was listening to our friend's Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang's podcast, Los Culturistas, mm-hmm. which had, they did their 200th episode and they just named like 200 moments in culture that they love. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to blatantly steal it. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> except for. It's a reboot. Obviously, this is 2020 uh, and the year has kind of sucked. So why not use our 150th episode to list 150 things that did not suck this year yeah it it. also adequately balances out how much cynicism we have at the end of most of our podcasts with our keep it so i know we'll be happy this week like when we like when we did the keep it up segment briefly about things we loved pre-aida and people said don't do that again (laughs) people don't like joy (laughs) no it's like like if i hold a smile like some german faces shouldn't smile i'm telling it's that same energy but in a podcast yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> the only people who do want us to be nice are the commenters on the Crooked Media Instagram page. They really think we're bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they do not like us at all. Well, they don't listen to the show. They don't. They don't get it. It's also the show is called Keep It. What did you think we were doing? Right. I don't know. It's not the hug emoji, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Also, for our 150th episode, we have a special guest stopping by. It's Nicole Ritchie. Star of stars. We enjoy her. And also because we are currently in the midst of voting and election day is rapidly approaching, we're going to start this week off by listing our individual voting plans each episode until we get to election day. I'm going to go first later in this episode. Fab. Yeah. So we'll be right back with 150 things that did not suck this year. All right, to kick off this list of 150 things that did not suck this year, I want to go back to last week's episode where we were talking about Mariah Carey's audiobook. If you can recall. Which obviously is first on our list, but also... Second on the list, we talked about the audiobook and we neglected to even I mention know. the Rarities <laughs> album that she released. And you know there's tons and tons of them because she writes everything. We didn't mention the David Morales remix of Dream Lover that I'm obsessed with. Anyway, mm-hmm. Rarities album, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Rarities album. Also, we finally got to hear the firecracker version of Loverboy. Yes. The, the one with the beat that Tommy Matola stole and gave to J-Lo for I'm Real, <laughs> which... It's hilarious to think about because I was listening to that Firecracker version and I was like, oh, this is the version of I'm Real that none of us listen to. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the album version and not even the remix with Ja Rule. Wow. So she stole it for nothing. And then also, like, the cool thing, which is odd that we didn't mention it again, is that Rarities lines up so well with reading of the memoir. And when she talks about her 1996 Daydream World Tour with the at, at Japan's Tokyo Dome, when she talks about that in the chapter, that performance is in Rarities. So it's her performing Lover Boy. So it, it matches up perfectly. And thank you, Mariah. Our queen. And then she also, number three on our list, became the first artist to score a number one in four decades. Wow. And I love that because it's kind of cheating because she brought back All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> it became number one in 2019 <laughs> and then leaked into 2020. We love a scam. <laughs> we love a scam. <laughs> She's covered for nine more years. Okay, number four is Rich Jugtwiak's weekly Drew Barrymore supercuts. We have not talked about Drew Barrymore on this show, have we? This you need to explain. Her new talk show. Yes. So she has a talk show, and um, some unfortunate things are happening here. One, this would have been a brilliant idea nine years ago. Secondly, Kelly Clarkson has cornered the market on, like, relatability and saying cool beans all the time. So we don't (laughs) really need what she's bringing. But if you watch Rich Jugtwiak's supercuts on, what are we talking about, Gawker? Uh, Jezebel. Jezebel. Um, very funny and very um, overwhelmingly quirky. Number five on this list. Just the other day, the guy Demi Lovato broke up with, Max Eric, <laughs> staged yeah. a s- sulky photo shoot on a beach where he once proposed to her, and it is silly. It was maybe the only thing that's brought me joy this week. <laughs> uh, granted, it's only Tuesday, but uh, it was very reminiscent of Heidi Montag faking a paparazzi shoot when um, her album (laughs) flopped. If you recall her um, sitting in a chair outside her home crying 
um, for stage photos. It was a lot like that. More is more on the dance floor. <laughs> I miss a PR stunt. I miss a PR stunt. Okay, the next one on the list is Chloe and Hallie's Today Show appearance, which, wow, that performance gave me everything. We have, we have Chloe and her... Soft soprano vocals, cute bops. Hallie is giving us Etta James, warmth, all that. But honestly, at this point... You got the tennis court. Yes, the tennis court. That they performed on. And the only reason that this is really on the list, as opposed to all the other performances that they did all of quarantine, is I love how the opening of Do It starts with them going, Today's show! <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but it's, that performance reminds me that they probably should split and do their independent careers now because Hallie is holding back with the hips because Chloe can't keep up, and it's about time the girls split up, girl. I want to point out how many Chloes are on this list. We'll get to that, but number seven. <laughs> whatever accent Kim Cattrall is doing in Filthy Rich, Okay, here's what, what I support about Kim Cattrall. She needs a second definitive credit. And I know she's in Big Trouble in Little China and Mannequin and Mannequin. Stuff, but, like, does that, should that be anybody's second credit? I'm just saying. So I hope Filthy Rich does that for her. Mm-hmm. I've watched all the episodes that have aired so far, and the show somehow makes less sense than Empire. But a lot of accents going on. Yeah, Cotillion brilliance is all I know from that show. I haven't seen an episode, but I know that Kim is serving. It is a Fox primetime drama that feels a lot like it aired in 2003 and was (laughs) canceled after six episodes. Mm. Um, Eight and nine are the same level of pleasure for me. Trump getting COVID and Parasite winning Best Picture. That to me is like a yin-yang kind of joy level, you know? For either of these, a lot of people were woken up in the middle of the night with good news. (laughs) (laughs) He's also connected to the Best Picture win in... If we recall, he had that ludicrous rant about Parasite winning Best Picture at one of his rallies the next day. I was like, whatever happened to Gone with the Wind? Right. (laughs) Sunset Boulevard. This guy's standing for (laughs) Gloria Swanson and Olivia de Havilland. All right. And speaking of the announcement of Parasite as Best Picture, Jane Fonda, who made that announcement brilliantly, was also brilliant on Keep It, the podcast we host. Speaking of Lewis smiling, there's permanent laugh lines on his face from that time. (laughs) So much joy. Remember when we got it on tape, me talking to her? Wow, what a crazy moment. And then I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with her. I'm going to make that number 11. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then I'm going to have to make number 12 all of the versus battles that we watched (laughs) during quarantine. Uh, Particularly the ones involving women. Oh, duh. No, do men sing? That's fair, that's fair. (laughs) But Patty, Gladys, Monica, Brandy, Erica, Jill. That third one. Also Ludacris and Nelly's one because they both just looked very good. And utterly the Wi-Fi in St. Louis is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Nelly having to break (laughs) in and out. Oh my God. It was getting hot in there. And when we got that Dion cameo and Patty and Gladys, I did not Mm -hmm. see it coming. And by the way, I should have. That's what friends are for. All timer. Next one, Betty Gilpin versus Hillary Swank in The Hunt. Betty Gilpin, giving me the kind of career I expected of Gillian Jacobs going forward. I'm thrilled for her. She really is a strange, wacky person. Yeah, I, think, I remember when we had her on the show, I've never met someone who is just that naturally funny and quirky and stands in it. I miss Betty so much, and we should get her on again and again and again. She should have a podcast. The last movie I saw literally before quarantine started. Oh, and wow. One of our earlier quarantine guests. It feels like 20 years ago, back when people were apologizing for like recording with us in their closet. <laughs> and now it's like, <laughs> Lewis does it every week. Yeah, right. if, you're, if you're not in the closet, you're in the lap of luxury. And I'm so impressed. 
number 14, the rotary phones in Mrs. America. Okay. Picture a rotary phone, like a, uh, a turquoise one. Who do you want on it? Uzo Aduba with huge earrings. That's who you want. Yeah. <laughs> giving me operator vibes, giving me intention, things to do. Go, Charlie. Uh, number 15, of course, we have to bring it back to the Sondheim yes. uh, special that aired. Uh, and we got to see Meryl Streep, Audrey McDonald, and Christine Baranski doing the ladies who lunch. And we got a scary glimpse into their homes. I've said right. this is my alarm clock song now. This is, a, it's too much. It's too good. Audra gives us too much. She's still one of my favorite contemporary Broadway voices of all time. And it was just, it was beautiful. And yes, I drank along with them. I did. <laughs> I don't know where Meryl Streep was, but on her shelves behind her, I'm still thinking about how they were empty, whose space she was renting. Yeah, Meryl, you really, you really bedeviled me with where you were. <laughs> <laughs> For 16, we're going to go ahead and celebrate Zendaya's Emmy win again. Yes, and for 17. The fact that Lewis wrote for the Emmys this year. Mm. Guys, I have no skills other than knowing about awards and being near awards. <laughs> so this was a real win for me. <laughs> the center of the Venn diagram of Lewis. This was the job that you got. Well, then for 18, we're also going to celebrate this being Aida's first year as a TV writer. Yes, I got that WGA initiation fee request and almost fainted, but I am here. <laughs> I am here and happy to be working. The health insurance will be <sighs> worth it. Oh, please. I might just make myself get sick so I can get my money's worth. <laughs> That's like the, one of the cooler things about Joan Didion, the writer. She uh, was obsessed with WGA health insurance, treat, like like idolized it in a mm -hmm. weird way. Anyway, look that up. It's a strange fact about her. Um, uh, and then also we have Ira's many credits, which include yeah. 19, Wendy Williams, and 20, Watch What Happens Live. You can only pick one, which was better. Watch What Happens Live, if I had to choose, yes. Only because you, Wendy Williams and Jason. I did get Wendy Williams asking me about threesomes on national television, though. Mm -hmm. So I may have to go with Wendy Williams. <laughs> Wait, quick question. When did <laughs> when did you air? You was last year. It was Fuck. December. I, I know. really thought that it was in our realm. I know. I, I thought of um, Victoria P Pedretti. Yeah. Um, Always thinking of Victoria Pedretti. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> Well, number 21, I know a lot happened this year, but we do have to celebrate the fact that that uh, piece of shit Harvey Weinstein was mm. arrested and sentenced this year. Lock him up. Makes me want to twerk. That little turd. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get to this one before Lewis loses himself. Future Nostalgia. The Dua Lipa album that we all loved and Lewis kept talking about. Multiple, you still listening to it? I Ace am. And I think certain songs are even still growing on me. I think Levitating and Break My Heart are my two favorite songs on it. Also, actually, I can't say that. The different ones at different times. Ira and I love the song Future Nostalgia in particular. Future Nostalgia is a very underrated track on the album. And it also has made its way back into my workout routine, like the entire album. So I'd agree. Mm -hmm. It also is one of the few songs in the album that really feels retro like it sounds like an 80s pop song to me so also we love a sophomore album that reasserts the fact that they deserve their best new artist win in 2019 so thank you do a ding 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 yes i will say though that the levitating remix with the baby is awful but someone on the internet replaced the baby's verse with megan the stallion's rap from um the song fucking around and it perfectly fits and the video even perfectly fits with the levitating video too so what i'm saying is do it and megan we need to collab love that because the megan phony people collab didn't make the most sense to me but i'm happy that they attempted it so maybe we should 
Yeah. Reproduce, reproduce, <laughs> reproduce. The next thing on the list is a young Michael Jordan in Last Dance. Oh, my God. That man has been a freight train of a human being since he was a child. And I, I loved watching The Last Dance. It was one of the early things that we got during the quarantine. But it, it was the first time I think we all felt collected and together during the pandemic. And we were all watching this docuseries. Also, I know this is like common knowledge to everybody. But you also pieced together that he was the hugest superstar, the mm. best basketball player ever before he ever won a championship. Yeah. Like, that was what mm. I think is kind of strange. And also, the newfound rooting for Scottie Pippen and wondering who signed those contracts and when. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things that we all watched together collectively yeah. during quarantine, the J-Lo and Shakira halftime show. Oh, how could I forget Shakira's tongue action? That's what got me through all of 2020. Shakira, <laughs> true weirdo. Like the way she moves, it's like a ch- it's like a child pretending to be a bear or something. Um, also, essay question for people out there: At the last moment when they both turn around and the performance ends, did J Lo stumble? I can't tell. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that there was a moment where J-Lo realized she didn't match Shakira's intensity, so she kind of like caught herself and kept going. I do know exactly the moment you're talking about, and I believe that she did, in fact, stumble. Put it on the books. Okay, great. Mm. Um, Next, Hamilton, which is kind of like Animaniacs for your history teacher, right? You know, (laughs) we got it on Disney+. Plus. We relearned that Renee Elise Goldsberry is like the beast of Broadway, the woman Mm -hmm. just heaving lyrics at you i got incredibly stoned and watched hamilton when it dropped on disney plus mm-hmm. fourth of july weekend brilliant work it was great after that we have normal people which i loved i loved i didn't think i was gonna love you know what i loved even more though is chloe Feynman doing her impression of normal people on her instagram which wrapped it up in like five <laughs> seconds so you don't need to watch the season you just need to watch chloe Feynman's uh. video it was very sad having no new season of Succession this year, thanks to the <laughs> pandemic. But normal people was the white excellence that I needed this mm-hmm. year. As long as, long as there's a distance from the United States, I'm cool. <laughs> Next thing on the list is, of course, Michaela Cole, who ran this entire year and will continue to run our lifetimes. I May Destroy You, which was one of the best season finales of television I've ever seen in my life. Loved it. We needed a Phoebe Waller-Bridge of this year who just like showed up, Mm -hmm. was completely reliable, and then ended up slaying us and defying our expectations. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we had Katori Hall on the show. And so we have to celebrate at number 28, P-Valley, which wrapped up its season recently on Stars and was pretty fantastic from start to finish. We need stripper dramas. How are we low on these? It makes no sense. (laughs) I'm really surprised we didn't get an influx of male stripper dramas after Magic Mike. Right. Um, next is Haley Williams' album. Now, Ira, I feel like you argue all the time that Haley Williams and Paramore are among the black or white bands. Do you get... She is a white woman of color. That's what yeah. I... Like, <laughs> do you get validation on this point, or are you in outer space? No, he's actually... It's no. a fact about blackness. That she, and then I think somebody yeah. most recently said Radiohead was also on that list. And maybe, yeah, as a second, but Par- That's a lie. Paramore is number one. <laughs> it's only Paramore. It's really, truly only Paramore and Haley Williams. It's Paramore and also Fall Out Boy, but... Pete Wentz is part black, so it's already a black band. There we mm. go, yeah. Uh, no, a friend specifically asked me once um, if I was joking about the Paramore thing, and then I said, Google Paramore black. And then there were so, so many search results of articles about how black people love Paramore. Oh, all right. Good to know. It's soulful. 
<laughs> Let's wrap this up. I got to go listen uh, to Ain't It Fun right now and scream. But it wasn't just Haley Williams with an amazing album this year. Uh, we barely got time to talk about, you know, uh, Roseanne Murphy dropping an album, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of gays online trying to act like, you know, they were um, having to inform people who Roseanne Murphy is. And I was like, <laughs> we all watched So You Think You Can Dance. And we all discovered who she was as Americans when uh, we saw the Ramalama Bang Bang performance. Uh, <laughs> next, we have the Jesse Ware album, which is the slowest disco possible. But sometimes you need disco for just sitting down or whatever. Have, <laughs> you have not come around on this album yet, Louis. I, I love Spotlight, but otherwise, I mean... I just don't need to sleep that much. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did really like the music video for "What's Your Pleasure." That was a fun. That was a. Fun oh, me too. I so love that, that video. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sufjan, he's keeping it queer. Yeah, always and making me cry. It was a very lovely album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did make me cry relentlessly. Uh, Perfume Genius, who I also enjoy on Twitter. Rare mm-hmm. that I enjoy a musician on yeah. Twitter that much. And then, of course, Moses Sumney's album, which we talked about a lot. And if you guys are watching their Instagram and Twitter. Thirst Traps Galore just recently posted a before and after from 2018 to 2020 that will make you feel like you are not doing shit. So go enjoy that. (laughs) So hot. And at 35, we have FK Twigs' Sad Day video, which is maybe my favorite music video of the year. Oh, my God. Cinema. Like a a short film is what she gave us. I, I have no choice but to like her now. I didn't before, but now... I realized I was coming out of a place of insecurity and hatred. <laughs> mm, oh. You had a little jealousy. <laughs> yeah. A, lo- a little FKA twinge of jealousy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cole Porter over here. Okay. Uh. Oh, then next on our list is Black Girls Roller Skating, which has taken over the internet, and I want more videos, girls. Order, order your roller skates. Let's get it going. Nicole Byer is up on the list of Black Girls Roller Skating that really brought me joy this year. Also... It's very important because Viola Davis needs things to regram, and that's like the number one category. But also, according to um, two former Keep It guest co-hosts, Riri Chaney and Ray Sani, mm-hmm. I've been informed that roller skates are sold out everywhere. It's like, no, it's so impossible to find. I've been looking for weeks. I had to go to so many different stores. When I started working at Betty, I got a skateboard, and I, of course, it's collecting dust, and I tried to get roller skates, and they're so sold out, it's ridiculous. People are reselling them as if they're high-end sneakers for thousands of dollars online. It's like at the beginning of quarantine when you couldn't buy weights anywhere. Yeah. Mm. And I had to shell out $600 for power blocks. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> next, we have, do you remember this? At the Independent Spirit Awards, the gay men's chorus tribute to Laura Dermer. They sang Laura Dern over and over again. I, that's just the tribute she deserved. I mean, that was even a bigger moment for me than her winning the inevitable Oscar. I loved after she won the Oscar when I tweeted out, who's Laura Dern? Should I get into her? And oh, yeah, yeah. I was serious. <laughs> and people are like, please go watch Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> wake up. Not, I feel like only one person was like, go watch Wild at Heart. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's also like they follow you. They should know <laughs> what you're doing. You're a little pop culture troll. Next on our list, we have... Um, well, which I forgot. Trump was technically impeached. Right. That happened. Yeah. Of course that happened. Yeah. 
How could we remember? Yeah, Mitt Romney even voted to impeach him and then spent the rest of 2020 still being a fucking asshole. Right. <laughs> Enjoying the credit we gave him and then sucking. Uh, uh, this year, we, di- uh, we did have gay pride, technically. That was uh, tolerable. We were mostly at home, but we did have gay pride. Next, okay, the fly that landed on Pence during the debate. I enjoyed that for a second. I will say all the comedy takes on it, I didn't like. But it was funny to watch. Yeah. SNL sort of put the nail in the fly coffin. Right. <laughs> Didn't need to see Jim Carrey as the fly. But the moment the fly happened, it was a joyous few minutes. Right. Uh, next, Folklore, which is an album that does grow on you. Bow down. Yeah, I've had to bow down from my, recent, my first opinion about Folklore. And now I really do enjoy it quietly. I'm also going to be on the East Coast this weekend, and it is technically fall there now, so I feel like folklore will be getting a lot of spins as I put on <laughs> my Timbaland boots, Stomping around. some cardigans, yes. and some scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Get some hot cocoa. <laughs> Knitwear. It's time. Yes. Uh, next, we have the inevitable downfall of Lindsey Graham. I cannot fucking wait. For this <laughs> Paula Dean ass bitch to fly down a well. <laughs> it, truly, as we're recording the sham confirmation hearing of Amy um, Kookaburra. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is occurring, and Lindsey Graham using his time on the Senate floor to complain about people fundraising money for his opponent, Jamie Harrison. He um, couldn't suck worse, and the amount of times he has directly contradicted things he has said not two years ago are just <laughs> unbelievably crazy. Of course, taking things back to the Emmys again at number 43, Dan Levy yeah. won a lot of shit for Shit's Creek this year. So hello, let's celebrate that. <laughs> I'm just now calling the show Shit Sweep from here on out. Very good. Um, also, I mean, talk about another Phoebe Waller-Bridge type just yeah. taking everything. Alan Alda, if you remember the 70s Emmys, which we all do. <laughs> Is Dan Levy the new Alan Alda? Kind of. Also, maybe in terms of easygoing male feminism. <laughs> mm, I could see him playing like evil on a legal drama in like 30 years too. I like love Alan that. Alda, like Alan Alda on uh, The Good Fight. Yeah, or mm. Alan Alda in um, The Aviator being a bastard too. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for Dan to um, take his nice Canadian um, persona and turn it on his head and start playing evil. Look, if you have evil eyebrows, it's up to you. I mean, <laughs> those of us in the Sam the Eagle community, we we, <laughs> we, we have an onus. Plus, we Pokemon caught them all with the entire Rose family on the podcast. True. So last week we had a very frenetic interview with Bethany Frankel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> From Real Housewives. Who apparently has some famous uh, friends. Yeah. L- listening to that gave me the most joy. I love listening to that interview. <laughs> uh, Deborah Messing, she's easygoing. <laughs> Did you see that that got written up in like OK Magazine too? It was like Bethany Frankel. How she rates her famous friends. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice spin. I used to, I, I, we all had those jobs where we had to write um, scare headlines every day on uh, gossipy websites, or at least I read I did. I was fired from OK Magazine right. <laughs> in yes. New York for, I interned there for like a couple weeks and I was truly fired for not um, asking enough people in Bryant Park to weigh in on the 
pop culture celebrity polls that they wanted me to do during lunchtime. Uh, speaking of firings, Stassi and Kristen fired from Vanderpump Rules and Teddy being fired from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Good work, everybody. <laughs> and at 47, we have um, something near and dear to my heart as a Wisconsinite, <laughs> uh, the Veep reunion to fundraise for the Wisconsin Dems. Such an enjoyable time. I really didn't like, there was not a lot of reunions that we, let me skip quickly over the Parks and Rec reunion that I already had to keep it to, but the Veep reunion was enjoyable. It really was. I love Julia. Truly can't pick a favorite cast member outside of Julia. Yeah. Everybody on that show is so exactly right for the part they play. Mm-hmm. Next we have Bernadette Peters singing in Times Square. Oh my God, we don't deserve Bernadette. Everything about her is just flawless and perfect. Perfect, and this was one of my highlights of the year as well. Also, Queen of Ringlets. We've not improved on that hair. Yeah. And then (laughs) this one makes me really sad, but brought me a lot of joy. The posthumous album that Mac Miller's estate put out called Circles. He was working on it before he passed away, and we're really lucky to be able to listen to it. Warms my heart. Yeah. I agree with that, Aida. I've been a large Mac Miller fan since... I, I feel like the first time I heard him was in the Ariana song, The Way, um, which was shameful, but um, that I became a Mac Miller fan afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, number 50 is the show that I worked on for um, Quibi. Heard of it? <laughs> Nikki Fresh starring Nicole Richie. Brilliantly done. <laughs> and what do you know? Nicole Richie will be here right after our break. Okay, segue. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Our guest today rose to fame as a reality star, but she is much, much more than that. She is an actress, an author, a brand, but most recently, she is Quibi's own Nikki Fresh, and her album Unearthed is Grammys eligible for Best Comedy Album. Please welcome Nicole Ritchie. 
It's so nice to meet you after having worked on Nikki Fresh, Nicole. <laughs> it's so nice to finally meet you. <laughs> I've heard about you from Carrie. You're like this. You're like this ghost. Like, hold on. Let's text Ira. One second. I'm like, guys, can we do this? One second. Let me text Ira. One second. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I uh, I worked as a, a writer with Carrie Franklin, um, who I adore, um, on Nikki Fresh, your Quibi show, which yes, was yes. hilarious uh, and turned out. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even know how it was going to turn out. We're coming up with the idea of, like, you know, a conscious trap rapper and we're talking about it in the room and making jokes and then it comes out on quibi and truly was one of the like main shows that i feel like everyone from quibi was talking about being really enjoyed. well thank you thank you so much it was um <laughs> it was a lot of fun it was so much fun to shoot i did a show called candidly nicole i also did that with carrie franklin so yeah you know we brought a lot of the old team back and it was so much fun mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to begin with this. When we have a guest on this show, before I research them, I go through the Wikipedia of my mind and f- think of everything <laughs> I know about them. Oh, God, and like, yes. So it started to populate quickly. I'm like, all right, Simple Life, you know, all mm-hmm. right, Lionel Richie, got some questions about him, whatever, going mm-hmm. down, going down. And then it took me, I got to the beginning of the pandemic, and I remembered you were so amazing as a judge on Making the Cut. Yes. And oh, I my wanted, God. And I, yes. I wanted to talk about... <laughs> How have you become so good at being an astete as somebody who would look at fashion and have an opinion I immediately remember and would value? Um, Well, thank you so much for that compliment. I really approached that show like, I mean, these designers are incredible designers. You know, it wasn't like, you know, they already had, most of them had brands in their own right all over the world, Germany, everywhere. So you know, I didn't feel like it was necessarily my place to tell them what to do. It was more just like you're building a global brand, right? So like, I don't care how amazing you are. It wasn't a sewing competition. Like it wasn't about what they were capable of. It was like, how can you take direction from multiple groups of people and take that direction, but also stay true to yourself, which is hard no matter who you are and no matter what level of designer you are. And that's something that I feel like everyone on the panel had had some experience with. And so I just more kind of approached it as like, I do this too. I currently do it all the time. This is something, it's a never ending state of mind that you have to put yourself in. So yeah, I just kind of approached it that way. Like we're all in this together. When you were, when you were like figuring out the idea, the premise for Nikki Fresh, is this, is music bubbling underneath the surface for a long time? You're clearly born into it. Like, is this something that you wanted to do for a long time or where did, where did the idea come from? Well, I mean, the second Rhythm Nation came out, I was like, I'm ready to have my own music video. So, (laughs) I mean, I've been thinking about it obviously for a long time, even on this show I did Candidly Nicole. I was like, I really want my own behind the music. Like I just grew up watching them and I was like, I want my own. Um, So yeah, I mean, it started out as kind of like a ha-ha thing. But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I've been talking about it for a long time. I was like, I'm going to make an album one day for sure. Mm -hmm. And to grow up in a house that, you know, is just so musically inclined, what was it that sent you on the path of being so um, comedically inclined we loved you obviously at nikki fresh but like when you were like working on the tina fey show mm. you know <laughs> like that was hilarious oh thank you 
Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I grew up wanting to be in musical theater. That's where I thought that I was going to be. Um, I was going to graduate high school, move to New York, go do musical theater. And that was like where I was at. I graduated at 17 just because of my birthday. My parents saw a look in my eye and they were like, you are not going to New York by yourself. You're nowhere near mature enough. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Um, And then I ended up doing Simple Life. I was 20, I think, or 21. And, you know, that really took on a life of its own. It was so much fun and yes, all of it. But I think, you know, what I really got was this kind of like accidental stage practice space to practice my timing on TV, which wasn't even Mm -hmm. something that I had really focused on before. But, uh, you know, you're out there and we were doing it. And then, you know, by season four, we were producers on the show. So I think I really got to feel out what my TV personality was by doing that show. Um, uh, speaking of The Simple Life, only a month ago, Paris Hilton's new documentary came out. And I was curious, as somebody who obviously knew her at the critical time in which we, like, compulsively could not stop thinking about this woman, mm. was watching this documentary <laughs> at all novel to you? Did you get anything new from it? Or is this something you're, you're like, oh, well, well, this is bound to come out eventually, or I knew all about this already? I haven't seen the documentary yet, not because I mm-hmm. don't want to. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But speaking of comedians, though, because I will say this, and I'm sure he's listening, so I have to give him a shout out. Um, my close friend and another LA comic who he actually chose as your sidekick on the show, Nikki Fresh, Jared Goldstein. Jared! Oh my God, your guys' dynamic on the show was just absolutely hilarious to me. Just this awkward diva of it all. How did you pick him? Do you like him? Tell me everything. (laughs) Um, He's so funny, obviously. He was just, you know, incredible, like the whole time. I worked with a company called Jax, and I think that they brought him up to Carrie. And then I met him, and we immediately started working together. And I mean, number one, just his just natural timing is unmatched. I mean, he's just so funny. He's so natural too. I remember when we went in to shoot the scene with Joel and Benj, they thought that he was my friend. <laughs> they were like, I mean, they, they were like, <laughs> they were like, and that, that, that definitely wasn't, the, that wasn't our first day of shooting either, but we got there. And then I think Benj was like, oh, you're an actor. He's like, wow, I really thought that you guys knew each other. I was like, Jared, we have some on-screen chemistry. (laughs) He's so funny. His timing is amazing. He's a really good writer too. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just a good energy to be around. And I felt that he kind of brought another level of, what is he, 31 maybe? But he he looks 12. Yeah, 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 he does. (laughs) But he like still has that like kind of bright sparkle in his eye where he's like just becoming an adult. And so, you know, it kind of gave a different layer of somebody a little bit younger. Um, and I felt like his perspective on the show was really great. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of just um, when we talked about the simple life a bit earlier, I think about how you have transitioned into, um, you know, this multifaceted businesswoman, you know, and you still seem to enjoy revealing at least parts of yourself on social media. Um, and then obviously Nikki Fresh and then Candidly Nicole are a mix of scripted comedy. And then, you know, you doing some improv, but they feel like they're at least glimmers of like what we know about you and then subverting that a bit, you know, like, do you think fondly on the era where, you know, you felt like you were just constantly 
everywhere to the world and people were constantly thinking about what you were doing, who you were wearing, who you were dating, your friends, what party you went to, or do you feel like you're glad that that chapter is gone? You mean in my personal life, yeah? Yeah, you know, even just like putting that much of yourself out there, you know, like paparazzi like following you or, you know, like even being on a show like The Simple Life. Mm -hmm. Well, the Simple Life was really interesting because the only two other reality shows that existed at that point were The Real World and The Osbournes. Mm-hmm. And Simple Life wasn't either. They never went in our homes. They never even followed us around LA. It was more, you know, the whole concept was taking us out of our lives and dropping us in the middle of other people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Shooting The Simple Life was never really an issue because I always felt like I was maintaining some level of privacy, whether I, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't necessarily think about it at that point, but I never had an issue with feeling like I was being exposed or shooting anything that I didn't want to. I mean, um, season one, we shot 24-7, but it was in Arkansas. And by the time season two hit, I mean, we were, you know, we were basically working a nine to five, you know, nine to eight Mm -hmm. type of job. So I always felt like I had a level of privacy towards myself. Mm -hmm. As far as like people being interested in what I'm doing, where I'm going, this, that, da, da, da. I think, you know, I really did have some inner conflict with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't old enough or, I mean, I definitely was old enough, but I personally was not mature enough to be able to say to myself, I don't like this. And there are parts of it that I do enjoy and it's fine, you know, but like I hadn't really set boundaries for myself yet, you know? So I was flailing all over the place and, you know, everything else. And I was just like, oh my God, everything's happening to me, you know? And it wasn't until I was able to like quiet down and be like, you are actually in control of your own life. And I think that does happen just naturally in your twenties too. I mean, you know, we were so young. So the show happened, it blew up. It was like, this is great, right? I'm like, yes, this is great. This is great. This is great. All of this is great. And I think it takes some time to realize like, okay, there are aspects of this that I enjoy and parts of this that I don't. And so it's just kind of like molding your life into what you want it to be. And that takes time. I feel like I'm still doing it and I'm 38. You know, I think there's (laughs) still, I'm still putting up boundaries and figuring out where I'm comfortable and where I'm not. I think that's just stages of life and comfort. Does having been on The Simple Life kill your desire to watch reality TV? Is watching reality TV at all a part of your life at all? Because we have a disease where we can't stop. Um, I just, well, I just watched Selling Sunset. Oh, okay. So, yes. okay, you're clued in. You're clued in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fans over yeah. at Keep It. I'm definitely not, I'm not anti. I enjoy that show. I'm also, I'm horrified on some level, but I, I finished all three seasons. So I'm definitely not going to say that I'm above it at all. Um, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't kill it by any means. No. Mm-hmm. So after watching Nikki Fresh again, I saw, I, I watched it a second time. I had to re-get Quibi for you. Only for you. Aww, <laughs> um, I watched it again. Re-get it. Credits and saw, and saw, um, yeah, uh, I saw Sarah Hudson's name in the credits, and I was like, yes. oh, she wrote for Justin Bieber and Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj, and like most recently Dua Lipa, who and now Lewis Nikki over Fresh. here is obsessed with. Yes. So, what was? Were you friends with her? How did you get her? What was the process of selecting her to help you write these songs? Yes, I know her. I honestly, I didn't even think she would do it, so I just texted her and asked her. I was like, the worst she can say is no. 
Um, yeah. I do know that Sarah, first of all, of course, she's an amazing songwriter. We all know that, but she also has the most incredible sense of humor. And I know she loves crystals and I know that, you know, <laughs> she loves to meditate and she loves a smudge stick and she loves all of it. So I just texted her and I was like, Sarah, I want to do this comedy album. And I basically just want to write like club bangers about eating organically, <laughs> growing your own fruits and vegetables and loving crystals. Is that a problem? And she wrote back, she's like, honey, it is not a problem at all. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and that was amazing. And so she set me up with Andrew Goldstein and uh, Sarah, Andrew, Joel, and I went to the studio together and we did this album. And I mean, I couldn't have done it without her. She was so amazing. That was my, you know, first time writing an album too. So, you know, to have people that I knew and felt comfortable with, I will never forget that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you grew up in a musical household, obviously, you know, being Lionel Richie's daughter, you know, and <laughs> what was it like working with Joel on this album, you know, like, had you had a moment where you had worked together before, you know, like to, you know, combine, you know, like your musical sensibilities before, or was this like a new experience for you? Um, so we don't work together at all normally. So working mm. with him was all of the things. Some days it was so great. And some days I wanted to kill him. Um, and I'm sure he did with me also. Um, but it was all the things. I remember. The first time I went into the studio, I went in and Joel was, you know, it's so funny because I actually like, I never thought Joel would be in the room when I would record. That's just not how I am. I, I, I was like, I was like, maybe Benj will be in there, but I just like, for whatever reason, like didn't imagine Joel being in there. And I had to go and go record this song and the studio we were in, I didn't need to be in an actual recording booth. We could all be in one room. Mm -hmm. So he just kind of like plopped down on the couch and, you know, he's on his phone. He's like, all right, go. And I was like, um, I'm going to need to, I need some scales. I need to like relax. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that you were going to be so close to me physically while, while I do this. Um, so that took a little bit of figuring out too. And then we just kind of figured it out. And like, I actually love being in the studio with him. It was so much fun. And I think that he had a lot of fun too, you know, because he was able to be silly and throw out some, he's, he's very funny. He doesn't like to admit it. That's not what he leads with, but he is a very funny guy. Um, so I think, you know, he was able to kind of play around with that side of himself, um, writing this album with me. We wrote Drip Drip together. Mm. Uh, we talked about this very briefly, but uh, you were on the show Great News, which was produced by Tina Fey. And watching yes. the show, if people haven't seen the show, uh, her character is sort of the equivalent of Jane Krakowski on 30 Rock, like that kind of like attention-consuming character who's very funny and and very spitfire. Talk about auditioning or getting that show. Like, as Nicole Richie, who has a re reputation that precedes her, and is just like started off as a reality star, and like we all know you're musically inclined, et cetera. What is it like impressing people with your acting ability? Do you feel like you have an extra hurdle to get over? Well, that was my first time being a regular on a show. So, yes. Um, and I had to audition three times. I had no idea if I was going to get it. I mean, I think with every audition, you just, you do it. And then, or for me, I do it. And then, I just forget about it because mm -hmm. you never know, you know? So 
I had to audition three times. I did um, once on camera, then I did it um, on camera and in front of like, call it 10 writers and producers. And there's a big light on me and they're sitting in the dark and they're in very close proximity to me, you know, so that was uncomfortable. And then I had to audition the third time I had to audition in front of the entire network. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very small room and I just had to walk in there and go and do my lines and then walk out. So, you know, they had already shot the pilot. They got picked up for the season and then I was a recast. So they were like mm-hmm. ready to go. So they were like, let's just get to this. That was my audition process. Yeah. That sounds horrifying, by the way. Congrats on getting it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we watched you most recently on, for me at least, was Making the Cut, that follow-up competition to Project Runway that Lewis was talking about. And yes, the pandemic has put a lag in everything. And were you working on current projects before the pandemic happened? And what are you working on now creatively? Yeah, so we did the show... I think I finished shooting Nikki Fresh. Ira, you might know this, but I think we didn't finish mm-hmm. until like the end of December. Yeah. We were just kind of wrapping that up and getting it ready. And then I was right when the pandemic hit, I was promoting two shows. I was promoting Nikki Fresh and making the cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, as far as my work goes right now, as far as my rhythm, House of Harlow, there are no days off really, you know? So mm-hmm. we've just been doing virtual fittings, Zoom fittings, um, you know, that kind of has never stopped. And then, you know, the most kind of like on-camera thing, I've been promoting this album and then I did, I promoted those two shows. It's been a world of Zooms, which is new for me. Every time I sign on to Zoom, it's like the most stressful thing. And we are about to shoot, um, well, hopefully we're going to shoot Nikki Fresh, I would say like February, we're thinking. Last thing is just sort of want to ask about um, one of the funniest jokes I feel like in the show, um, and I think one of the, that was initially on there um, when I was first talking about things with Carrie was you know you talk about bringing like a black voice to the health uh, conscious industry you know and it's it's funny having then uh, Jared is like what you're black uh, and uh, I was just wondering about how like uh, that's such a funny moment and was there a point in your career or just like being out there where you felt like you had to constantly reinforce to people that like this is part of your identity and like how did you feel comfortable with it in the public to where you were just sort of like I'm not answering other people's questions about this or I'm just living my life how I choose to live it because we we just did in last episode talking about um Mariah Carey's memoir uh, and it was just so Love. interesting hearing her talk about that growing up, you know, and you just seeing how she represents that to the world as well. I think um, Jared did a really good job with that line. But basically, I mean, that one line, I think, really pretty much sums up how I grew up, you know? Mm-hmm. Do I feel the need to reinforce? No, but every time I do say it, I feel like I have to say it twice. Mm-hmm. I did shoot something on the Universal lot last week and you get COVID tested. So, you, you know, you go, you can't even go on there until you get tested. So you park, you're in the line, da, 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 filling out forms and they do ask you your race. Um, and it's so funny because you're not filling it out yourself. A nurse is asking you. And I saw her ask this woman before me who was, first of all, everybody's uncomfortable saying their race at this point. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. Um, she, she was like, she's like, and your race? And this woman who was white, she was like, 
um, white, Caucasian. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like it was just so I was like, oh, like, I don't think anyone like expected to be asked. And um, and then I was next. I was like, here we go. And she was ready to check. You need she needs to check one box. Right. So that's very like SATs or, you know, it really takes me back to like high school when I was like, what box do I check? So she's waiting to check a box and she's like, um, race. And I was like, oh, do you just need to check one? And she's like, yeah. So I like, kind of made a joke. And then I was like, so black. And she was like, really? And I was like, <laughs> get on Wikipedia. What? And I, was, <laughs> I was like, does she want me to say white to make her feel better? I don't know what to do. Like, I can't check the white box guys. Sorry. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say, you know? Um, and she's like, do you want me to say black and Hispanic? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And she's like, so you, ident- I swear you guys, I mean, I could be making this up, but I really do think that she was like, so you identify. And I was like, um, I was like, just check whatever you want. I was like, this is so- There's like five people behind me too. I was like, I was like, this always takes longer with me. Like, why can't we just, I was like, can we just stick this thing up my nose and call it a day? <laughs> she thought she had caught a dolezal. Like, yeah, she was ready, to, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. ready to tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, she was ready. She was like, you must be in comedy. I was like, no, <laughs> I was like I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know uh, what to tell you. Well, thank you so much for being here, Nicole. Oh, my God. And thank you, guys. Um, I recently heard your Zadie Smith podcast, and I loved it so much. Oh, um, thank you. And she, she was, was so funny. Like, I felt like I, like, got a real dose of her personality on, that, on this podcast. Mm. And I'm such a big fan of hers. Yeah, you know, it's like she is obviously this, like, exalted um, yeah. author. And you read yes. her books, and you're like, you feel like you are plumbing, like, human death yes uh, yes then the, then the talk to her and have her just be so like casually hilarious was a shock to yes me. yes yes totally i was like yes Sadie, get it and also a, a voice like built for podcasting like better than mine like, oh, i resented her God. in a way yes yeah. i couldn't be there for that interview but yes yeah yeah <laughs> i know i need to take some Zadie smith voice lessons because she's so calm and composed yeah. mm-hmm. it's beautiful she has a beautiful voice that's her next step Mm-hmm. It is her, That's next, her step. next step. Yeah, I want I want the Zadie uh, voice lesson audiobook. Same. I'll listen. Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here. Thank you um, for being so amazing on Nikki Fresh. Oh my God! Uh, thank you, and, thank you, Ghost of Ira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your album Unearthed uh, is tr- truly like if you watch the show, it's so fucking funny. But the songs are funny and they're also great. Thank you so much. The album will be nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> I'm putting this into the world. <laughs> uh, and you can just listen to it. Um, yeah. And the, produ- the production yeah. of the music videos is just the values yeah. through the roof. Like, just go watch them. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The like, so you much. will actually just, like, bop to the album. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love you guys. When it comes to scents, you should pick ones that smell like, well, you. Target gets it, which is why they offer a range of personal care products with fragrances for everyone. Be true to floral you with Dove Peony and Rose Body Wash. Live your fresh life with Degree Ultra Clear Deodorant. Express your decadent side with Love Beauty and Planet Coconut Shampoo. This spring, 
Choose care that brings you joy beyond labels. Pick up new favorites at a Target near you or online at Target.com. All right, we're back to our list of the 150 things that did not suck this year. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 51, we have The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, who joined us couple weeks ago uh still my favorite book of the year yeah read that and mother remember when she explained to us how to write thoughts that are longer than a tweet i am still confused and (laughs) think she is uh, a witch number 52 is the last concert that i saw before quarantine it was tame impala oh wow (laughs) it was a very good concert it was days before the shutdown in march and i definitely kept telling um my best friend royce that i thought that we were going to get COVID. At that concert, and then we didn't. The last show I went to was Vincent. I think I saw you there. Honorary add that yeah. add that person to this list because just enjoyable yeah. overall. Next, we have the Savage Remix. Oh my gosh, Beyonce, Meg Thee Stallion. Who told Beyonce about OnlyFans? Who wants? I, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Solange, you think? Yes, you are correct. Yeah, I think it was probably Solange being like, "Have you seen this?" And who do we think she like checked out an account or two? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I hope Bella Thorne wasn't the intro. <laughs> Next at 54, speaking of Solange, Solange's secret Instagram. Ooh, cancer season mm. is forever. Oh, my God. It is the absolute best <laughs> account. And I'm sorry, it's private. So if you're not in, you're not in, baby girl. Don't figure <laughs> it out. Uh, at 55, a little K-pop entry. I started loving BTS this year, thanks to the VMAs. And also, Blackpink released a new album called The Album, which is only... 24 minutes long, so I'm a little upset that they're calling it an album, but go ahead, girls. It's a bop. Yes. In addition to the Blackpink one, they do have a documentary coming out on Netflix later this week, so stay tuned, girls. Mm-hmm. At 56, I completely forgot that The Strokes released a new album this year, too, and it was actually pretty great. So the new Abnormal, um, going to be revisiting that. Anthony Porowski t-shirt culture, very important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At 57, we didn't talk that much about um, Sawayama, but um, everyone's been loving her this year. Yeah, Rena's kind of been an afterthought to all of our podcasts, but she is she deserves the spotlight. It's I mean, like I think people are especially fond of the Evanescence era of like super produced anger forward mm-hmm. pop music, and uh, she really brings that kind of Lincoln Parky grit. Yeah. Next, we have. Selling Sunset, which we talk about a lot, and we love, and Chriselle is a, a big fan of the podcast, I'd hope. She talks to us, love her. Big fan of my Instagram comments, too. <laughs> she, 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 she loves to comment on my Instagram, and we love her for it. The day I saw Chriselle follow me on Twitter, I was just like, what is my life? <laughs> <laughs> next, with drive-in theaters are back is next on our list, which I haven't actually been to one. Have you guys gone to one? No. What's next? Malt shops? <laughs> Racism? <laughs> segregation? Yeah, Brown v. Board of Education. Yeah. Uh, at number 60, there is still a travel ban on Americans going anywhere else in the world, but we did get to travel to Chromatica. Mm. Which is largely Crayola colored, if the music videos are to be believed. Uh, the VMA performance was it. And surprisingly, a very uh, good... I don't want to say comeback because I did enjoy Joanne, but you know it's, it was a very 
and and a star is born and all that other shit happened um, recently mm-hmm. too. So there's nothing really to come back from, but a very successful era, I feel like, for Gaga amidst all of this. Yes. Uh, 61, Never Have I Ever on Netflix. I'm still unnerved by John McEnroe being such a correct narrator for the show. Who would have predicted <laughs> that? Um, okay, the next one is Dave on FX, the little dicky show that I went, I vacillated with. It seems like I don't actually like or dislike anything. I can be easily swayed. So by episode three, I was on board, and it's a fun show, and you should watch it as well. Are you back to liking Paul Rudd yet? No. We beef. <laughs> <laughs> he and I beef now. <laughs> uh, 63, we have The Great on Hulu. Which I don't even know if we talked about Mm-mm. really on the show, but uh, I thought it was fantastic. And it has this sort of like Buffy quality. Mm-hmm. Can I say something about L. Fanning? I'm always talking about who's going to play Karen Carpenter in the eventual biopic. And I don't know that that actress mm. exists, but she does have the blend of innocence, like a pureness, and then also a deep, heavy sadness. So mm-hmm. if anybody can think of a, a better option, I need to hear it because I want to solve this in my brain. <laughs> I need peace. Well, then I have to throw on the list, too, speaking of the Carpenters, the cover of Superstar um, by one of my favorite bands, Tennis, came out last week. And it, Ooh, it is I like that. a... 80s like electro poppy sounding cover it's fantastic and also for people who don't know the carpenter song itself is a cover and so now there are three excellent covers of this song the carpenters tennis and of course luther vandross's and ruben <laughs> stuttered yes <laughs> I, I like it. it's a really video gamey sounding cover there's also a cover album of the carpenters called if i were a carpenter that has a famous version by sonic youth on it but there's a matthew sweet cover of let me be the one that i am constantly obsessed with so listen to that um the next one the parkers moesha girlfriends and the game all on netflix thank you exactly 1999 <laughs> oh, i would also just add sister sister to that list and now it's exhaustive mm-hmm uh, I have also been rewatching the Parkers, and my favorite thing about the show, um, which debuted in '99, is jokes that I missed before um, that are like mm-hmm. laughing jokes and like Gilligan's Island jokes. And it's like, of course, these are jokes being written by adults who grew up with those shows. Uh, so I wouldn't have seen those references. It's like, a 13-year-old, but now I get them rewatching. Next on our list, of course, we have Black is King. Just. The gowns. <laughs> the great, great gowns. It was great gowns. It was great gowns. It wasn't nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice gowns. It was great gowns. Um, and a lot of you guys learned how to make bread. I was one of them. I have a pumpernickel over here. You ain't brought us any pumpernickel. <laughs> she knows I don't eat bread. Where's our no. bread, Aida? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I know. <laughs> Lewis loves bread, everyone. He's like Oprah when it comes to bread. I'm from the Midwest. It's like a disease for us. Like I mean, a wa- yeah. <clears throat> a walking yeah. schnitzel. Okay, That's me. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Midwest might as well be Paris. We're just walking around with loaves of bread sticking out our backs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Emily in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emily in Toledo is the next season. (laughs) At number 68, remember Michael Bloomberg tried to run for president? No. He sucked at it. Next. And it was really fun to watch. (laughs) I I, I still consider him a small bank that Elizabeth Warren regulated live on stage. (laughs) At 69, remember we figured out what mummies sound like? That was (laughs) so awesome. 
A dull shriek is what they uncovered from <laughs> centuries past, and oh I respect that energy. Too much <laughs> At number 70, well, very few people were forced to see the movie Tenet. Whatever genre of movie that was, yeah. Though some of those people have not returned to their homes. We've lost track of them entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen was outed as a monster, which is the next thing on our list. It was brought a lot of pain. Not Burstyn. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bethany Frankel's was... close friend, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and remember that first week of the pandemic when the air was really, really clear in L.A.? Oh, my God. Blue is the eye can see for the first time ever. <laughs> Smogless. We had the cleanest air of any metropolis in the world for a split second. That was wow. some through-the-looking-glass <laughs> shit. <laughs> also, at number 73, we fetched the bolt cutters this year. Yes, we learned who Shamika was. <laughs> we did a lot. Shamika's okay. <laughs> I like Shamika. We got that twisted sample of a Singing in the Rain song, that Good Morning. Mm-hmm. Really tainted that Debbie Reynolds shit forever. And a really great profile of her, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Evans did that dick pic for voter turnout and then talked about it for weeks and weeks afterward as if we cared. <laughs> it was like a shadow of a shadow of a dick pic, but great. Uh. The Lakers this week won the championship in the bubble. In the bubble. So that was great. That was great for my friend um, Sam Greisman, who loves the Lakers. Yeah, and great for this year with us having lost Kobe. It was the night that I came home to LA. I'm back in LA and there were so many fireworks and I was like, I didn't know y'all missed me that much. (laughs) (laughs) But no. I was with a friend. uh, The the fireworks were going off and they're like, what is happening? And I was like, girl, the Lakers just won. <laughs> could be war. Could, could be Welcome to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and they had the Black Mamba uniforms. It was sentimental. It was nice. It was, yeah. It was yeah. Sweet. There was a lot of um, super spreading going on outside <laughs> Staples Center with everyone swarming that to celebrate. Maybe could have done without that. True. Um, but uh, also, LeBron and other NBA players this year raised money for um, ex-felons voter rights in mm-hmm. Florida. So that was a pretty rad thing that happened. He's impressive. That's my take. We had two really great stand-up specials this year. Yvonne Orji, who plays Molly on Insecure, did her stand-up special. That was amazing. And Sam Jay, who is a writer for SNL and is an amazing comedian, had her stand-up special as well. Go check those both out. Hilarious. Very funny. And Yvonne landed an Emmy nomination. And you know who I think is a future Emmy nominee? Z-Way, who I, I be- <laughs> By the way, not to be one of those people who's like, I liked them before they were famous. Her... The thing she did, what was that uh, YouTube show called Race Baiting or something? I forget yeah. what it was called. Baited. Baited. When she would get like white gay comics or white showrunners on and make them nervous, that was just as funny as this Instagram shit. So you can look up all her old shit. It's always funny. Love her. Also, one of my favorite podcasts um, had an amazing season this year, a number 80 on the list. I'm going to give it to Slow Burn Season 4, which is about David Duke and the rise of the KKK and how um, white supremacy is still um, frolicking in America. Uh, and then we have Game Show on Quibi, which is run by the two nicest white supremacists I know, Dave Mazzoni <laughs> and Matt Rogers. The hair is too coiffed. <laughs> the hair is too coiffed. The muscles are too good. Something's happening there. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anyone has been watching Dancing with the Stars. No. Uh, you would think <laughs> that Tyra Banks and her lunacy would be the draw here, but at 82, Anne Heche wow. on Dancing with the Stars was truly something to behold. One of my favorite actresses who's just like, 
pure nervous veins. Somebody whose <laughs> arms are always outstretched. She's always stressing you out. She's trapped on that goddamn island with Harrison Ford, whatever. <laughs> At number 83, another reality show, we have Drag Race Canada, which made the show fun again. I like these new versions, yeah, because they're not so reliant on ruse enthusiasm which kind of comes and goes mm-hmm. uh and stacy mckenzie was one of the standout judges for me this year uh and i don't think she got enough love hopefully she gets even better and hopefully that by that i mean jeffrey boyer chapman is minimized <laughs> a gay win the biggest lesbian win of all time uh niecy nash and jessica betts surprise wedding that literally I, floored us all yes this is why we do this episode what a fucking awesome moment beautiful truly truly just the day that you're on instagram and you see niecy nash and then you see that she's married and then you're like oh she's married to jessica betts and you're like where when was this happening <laughs> This was a double win for me because I saw the photo originally without glasses on. So I was like, oh, the internet's just happy about this dyke wedding. And then when I put my glasses on, it was two stars. <laughs> Velma, get with the program. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at 85, um, still laughing about Kat McPhee being exposed as a Republican <laughs> and the fact that she has not sent out a single tweet or Instagram post since the day that news dropped. Mm-hmm. Right. It would have taken one post being like, actually, you're mistaken. I didn't donate to those Republicans. But for some reason, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on the list at 86 is Kendall Jenner bravely coming out as a stoner on the Kate and Oliver Hudson's <laughs> podcast. Wow. What a feat. What a brave, brave woman. I'm emotional about it. She's a first responder a- in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm emotional about Kate and Oliver Hudson having a podcast in the first place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is cute. At 87, uh, one of Lewis's heroines, uh, Kate Winslet, <laughs> finally said that she regrets working with Woody Allen and Roman Polanski. I really didn't think we'd ever get a response about that. And suddenly she was like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, like really angry with herself, seemingly. It was satisfying. Uh, at 88, remember when Lauren Dern saw Baby Yoda at a basketball game? Remember when the Mandalorian... That's it. That's the whole question. (laughs) Best drama nominee, The Mandalorian. Are we sure? (laughs) At 89, uh, Matt James is the first black bachelor. Yeah, congrats to him. And now we have a bachelorette who's 39 years old, the oldest one ever. Mm. Older women can get married. (laughs) (laughs) And at number 90, we have... Harry and Meghan left the royal family this year. A glamorous excommunication. We love to see it. We haven't seen it since the Crusades. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> Some Edward VIII, Wallace yeah. Simpson shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a string of them. Mm. Uh, just celebrating Meghan the Stallion and Cardi B. Because at 91, we have Tory Lanez finally charged. Fuck for that shooting nigga. Megan the Stallion. Fuck that nigga. Um, Fuck that nigga. <laughs> Megan called Daniel Cameron a sellout Negro on SNL. <laughs> we got the Watt video and Cardi finally filing for divorce from Offset, even if they kissed at her birthday party. Yeah, doesn't count. That's a parting kiss. That's a farewell. Also, I I messed up and put a Cardi thing later in the show that we just have to bring up now, which is that video where she says, I should be at a restaurant eating sushi. That one, yeah. And and also, she did get to score the whole quarantine with coronavirus. Shit is getting yes. real. <laughs> <laughs> and 
At number 96, Biden told Trump to shut up during a debate. And it was fantastic seeing someone get to do that to him on TV, finally. And I got a CNN notification about it, which was the funniest notification to ever receive. <laughs> just by, by just said, <laughs> shut up, man. Cool. Thanks, News. Also, n- nobody epitomizes somebody who addresses somebody else's man more than Joe Biden. Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Kardashians are over. Oh, good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Scream 5 was announced. Come on, Gail Weathers, one yeah. of the great gay icons of cinema. Though, by the way, shout out to Jamie Kennedy in the Scream movies. He really is the one who spoke to me most, like memorizing movie facts and then trying to use them to save your own life. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> A couple more albums that I really enjoyed this year were the Shamir album and Charlie XCX's Quarantine album that she had fans help her make. Yeah, in her bedroom. If that's not inspiration enough for all of you girls to make the music from your home, to go do it. She truly drops an album every three weeks. So congrats to her. (laughs) Uh, Here's a weird one. Jim Parsons in Hollywood. Not a show we loved, but like, look, there were some disgusting, lecherous homosexuals in the golden age of Hollywood. And I'm glad to see one so well realized by the oddly um, unnerving Jim Parsons. Between this and Boys in the Band, I'm really happy that Jim Parsons gets to play fag on TV now. (laughs) Some hard fags, some angry fags, yeah. (laughs) At 102, I'm aware of CNCO's existence now, and I love them. Yeah, that's fair. That Miami Heat. (laughs) That's the only Miami Heat I'm willing to acknowledge. Here's some gay shit. There's new Oscar rules. We like them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another even gayer stuff. Kylie Minogue singles, and we're getting a new album from her called Disco, which better be Disco. We've had conversations about that this year. <laughs> the album comes out on the same day as Little Mix's new album as well, um, and their song Holiday has been one of my favorite singles of the year. And all of these things will be soundtracked, I'm sure, on HBO's Legendary, which was a really life-affirming, mm. awesome competition series that gave you so much talent and so much... Of a particular culture in a way that yeah. uh, that reality competitions usually don't. Even with the Jamila Jamil uh, drama at the beginning, we had a lot of fun. Uh, of course, again, a quote from our show, HBO Max is that girl, gave us Lovecraft Country, gave us I May Destroy You, gave us Euphoria and Betty. Like all these shows that we really, really love. So thank you, HBO Max. And for 108, we did talk to Drew Dixon earlier. She talked to us about the On the Record documentary, which shares so many important stories about women and sexual assault and what just what a, what a beautiful moment that we got to share with her at the, in the middle of the quarantine. I say middle as if there's an end. <laughs> and additionally, what a genius. She just is an yeah. incredible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at 109, I'm loving Leah McSweeney on Real Housewives of New York. Um, and the moment that she had when she drunkenly threw tiki torches um, in a pool uh, and said, do you know what these represent? Talking about Charlottesville. (laughs) 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 At 110, Uh, we just talked to Nicole Ritchie about making the cut, and Naomi Campbell's reads on making the cut were one of my favorite things of the year. The woman is... Savage. She is savage. a savage person. Her just my favorite image is her just clutching fabric and going, "This is not couture." <laughs> uh, at one eleven, uh, we didn't talk that much about Flo Millie dropping an album this year, but Flo Millie shit is it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, 
Brad and Jen reunited this year for a brief second. In that Fast Times at Ridgemont High reading, which I can't imagine sitting through an entire reading just watching it, but the two of them, man, Jen is such a good actor too. I'm so, yeah. she, she makes it look easy, which is one of those things that makes you think, oh, she's just a, a, a relatable, charismatic actor as opposed to a good actor, but she's fabulous. The two of them together can replace uh, our favorite lesbian couple, <laughs> Ellen and Portia. So oh, thank right. you. <laughs> <laughs> they did look like uh, lesbian um, growing pot yeah, in their backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt in particular has 70s Martina Navratilova hair at the moment. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, At number 113, I discovered that Ava Max was born in Milwaukee, like I was. Ooh. And now I'm a Maxinista. <laughs> Have we talked about that album? It is pretty good overall. I would say six of the songs are excellent. Yeah, and um, Circuit is the person who produced it, and it sounds a lot like a Dr. Luke album, but, you know, without the rape. Right. <laughs> the guilt, yes. Yeah. yeah. At 114, the City Girls have the city on lock. Yeah. That album is one of my favorite hip-hop albums of the year. Yeah, and a quarantine album really should be City Under Lock. <laughs> city Totally on <laughs> Lockdown. Another reference to Miami Heat. There we go, City Girls. Thank you. And speaking of... The city on lock. Um, remember <laughs> when that did not matter to Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck and their paparazzi walks? <laughs> when everyone was on there, I was like, they're not social distancing. They sleep together. <laughs> you think they wear masks in bed? That saga was ongoing. Man, we yeah, got like new endless. footage every fucking day. At 116, Light Skin Bieber is back, Aida. He's black he again. Looked very hot in, he looked very hot in that Drake video. Mm, this is it. He's black again. I love when he has his black face. Yeah. I love his For black pop star. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they go, had to go out and ruin the video by having um, Haley show up at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't need to see her. She has a 73 questions. It is the worst one. <laughs> <sighs> Give me impromptu. Make me think that this is not fully scripted, Haley. But remember, what does she do right. in Hollywood? What's Sarah Jessica goal? Parker is the blueprint. Yeah. Louis, <laughs> I'm going to let you take number 117. On Project Runway, we had uh, Tyler Nisloni saying not even to dinner with the Kushners to Carly Kloss, who looked aghast. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, it's like, that's your husband. What do you mean you're aghast? (laughs) We know he's like the liberal one, and you know Jared's the one that's making the earth implode or whatever, but you shouldn't have been that surprised. And additionally, we have some other reality-esque goodness. Ken Jennings winning the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time tournament. Mm. That was pretty fabulous. I mean, like he was on the show... 16 years ago for him to slay that hard i mean that's not an easy skill set to keep up truly and furthermore my school for jeopardy contestants which i initiated last week on the show is going Mm -hmm. to be real we've decided so congrats to me (laughs) (laughs) and congrats to brian for being on the show oh that's right who got a question about the al pacino show hunters which i totally forgot existed and by the way that show is what we're doing with lena olin right now Mm -hmm. just to keep Mm -hmm. everybody up to speed she should be looking for Something involving Rimbaldi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at 120, Birds of Prey was a really good movie. <laughs> Shocking for a Suicide Squad spinoff. It's true. Margot Robbie and Pigtails is a dream for me anyway. So. And Rosie Perez <laughs> yeah. did what needed to be done. <laughs> at 121, we got a pregnant Michelle Williams giving a pro-choice speech at the Golden Globes. She really brings it. She has a, such a soft melancholy energy that I'm always surprised when she has a very forceful speech. But for that reason, it's always um, thrilling. Uh, speaking <laughs> of um, Wendy Williams, who we talked about <laughs> earlier, uh, when she was doing her quarantine shows... Um, 
there was a moment where she heated up a Slim Jim on TV <laughs> with a lighter. What? It was dark television. It was really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's something a bad kid does in middle school. <laughs> and then insists it gives it a smokier flavor. <laughs> Go to the tension. We got another Jane Fonda moment. Uh, she lightly shut down Joy Behar mm. on The View. <laughs> when Joy Behar was like, what's with defunding the police? Isn't that overstating the matter? And Jane said, why don't we listen to black people? <laughs> And Joy was it's left. <laughs> I think Joy just walked out of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus's "Midnight Sky." Yes, it's a pretty perfect song, and I'm also loving this karaoke era that she's in now. Mm-hmm. Her doing um, "Heart of Glass," her doing "Man Eater" from Hall and Oates. It's kind of perfect. Just like how I like when Justin Bieber is black, I like when Miley Cyrus is white. <laughs> I, think <that's> where, <laughs> I think that's where she does best. This Benatar era of hers, I'm enjoying. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number 125 in the Ammonite trailer, Kate Winslet dusting fossils, which I've decided <laughs> is lesbian canon behavior. I've not seen it done before, but it just fits the bill. I'll give her something to excavate. Oh. Does that make sense? <laughs> Mammoth cave? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's got some dust on it. I'm not going to lie. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 126, give it up. That guy skateboarding to dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Oh. Cute video. <laughs> Adorable. And then yeah. 127, The Weakest Link is back with our favorite host. <laughs> Someone Mean Women Asking Questions should be a format for the ages, and mysteriously we only have one show where it happens. <laughs> mm. The Great British Bake Off is still out there being real quaint. Yeah, just sweet, amicable. And my roommate is like obsessed with it now, so every time I come into the living room, uh, I see British people baking. <laughs> also, the very British idea of calling them bakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Prince opened up the vault just for fun. Oh, sure. We got some uh, Sign of the Times jams yet again. Mm -hmm. Timeless. I mean, can you believe it? Prince music is still good. (laughs) Speaking of all the Chloe's we said that were on this list, Lewis, Chloe Zhao, and then I think Regina King, too, are gearing up for a potential Oscar run. Chloe Zhao, who directed the amazing movie The Writer a couple years ago, now has this movie Nomadland with Frances McDormand looking like it's going to be a big critic smash. And Regina King, who directed a fucking movie. I was just thinking this woman needed more awards. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she was the first black woman to um, debut a film at Venice. Which is good for her and pathetic for the industry. Thank you. Jada Essence Hall is 131. That's it. (laughs) She's fantastic. She was fantastic. She won Drag Race, uh, and she got her parade in Milwaukee. After she won. Speaking of reasons for you to claim Wisconsin even more. (laughs) Uh, At 132, Joaquin Phoenix had a very surprising run of excellent award show speeches. Um, We're going to ignore the last one. The cow one um, and the milk one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Comparing that to um, civil rights. Uh, And then also he and Rooney had a baby and um, named him River. Oh, guys, come on, Rooney. That's fucking amazing. I, re- I, I, I don't associate her with pulling my heartstrings that much, even though I am a Carol Stan. And look at her. <laughs> 134, we discovered, that we discovered who the real Lady A is yeah. uh, after that little pre-war trio <laughs> stole her name. 
Yeah, I don't know who they are. I've heard of the band. I think they make country music, but like Lady A is the real queen in the situation. <laughs> Their weird offer to help her out to smooth things over was so strange. Okay, stop yeah. it. Frustrating. Uh, 135 is Gigi and Zayn finally had their baby. This is a relationship I've been tracking for the past like six or seven years. So it's, it's, it's glad someone has been. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And 136, speaking of shows that I I hope we're all tracking, uh, another season of Pen 15 came out. We love them. We really support them. And they're running amok and they're taking over comedy. And it's, it's unfortunate for, for the rest of us. But thank you, girls. I'll, I'll say it again. The crazy thing about that show is that it's not been done before. That they're mm-hmm. like, adolescence is such an insane time. And to revisit it this way is just so ingenious. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope it's, it's a show for the ages in that way. It's so ahead of its time, I guess. Well, yeah. never been kissed. Uh, right. Well. Okay, yes. <laughs> Uh, at 137, uh, I know Lewis is excited that the Animaniacs are back. I don't know the presidents for any other reason that they had a song about it. That's the only reason I know it. <laughs> uh, number 138, Carly Rae Jepsen released some uh, B-sides this year. And my favorite one, Fake Mona Lisa. By the way, pop songs do not need to be longer than two minutes and three seconds. So <laughs> That's true. get that out of your head. Yeah. Um, good for her. Um, at 139, uh, Renee Zellweger has two Oscars. Okay, let's go. Let's celebrate that. And not a couple years after, we were like, making fun of how different her face looked, and she mm-hmm. just came back. And let's talk about baffling speeches for a moment. I don't really need to go back to the text of what she said, which included Venus and Serena and Selena. But <laughs> Renee Zellweger, all-time talent, and also Judy Garland literacy is very important. I feel like there are certain icons we're losing collectively, and now everybody has a, a fresh new vision of her. Uh, at 140, we've got... Another Chloe. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Feynman breaking through during quarantine, doing her quarantine videos on Instagram and just being great on SNL. Carol Baskin. No one else should even try to be Carol Baskin after Chloe. Not even Carol Baskin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Carol Baskin is doing a horrible impersonation of Carol Baskin (laughs) on Dancing with the Stars. Doing just a lot of like fake growling at the screen and like pawing at the screen. And it's 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 horrific and embarrassing. You're not Earth a cat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, go go get another husband to kill. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to want to be evil. You are evil, Carol. Uh, for 141 we have Zadie Smith's essay book which was very very short and a very quick and easy read but perfectly encapsulated how I was feeling and the frantic pandemic energy that we all had to read intimations and listen to the interview that we had with her the Dixie Chicks are back thank god they were lost for way too long didn't uh, wasn't obsessed with the album but the song Gaslighter is very catchy and Natalie Maines' voice you know who she sounds a lot like this was brought to my attention Gwyneth Paltrow and Country Strong. Mm. Mm. Oh, Country Strong. I love that movie. I forgot about mm-hmm. Country Strong. Whoa. I love an alcoholism <laughs> drama. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Tender Mercies, 83, Robert Duvall. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Um, Meg Ryan, um, drunk on the roof of a car. Forgot all about that. Mm. <laughs> um, the hit different music video, SZA is also back. Oh, my God. The SZA is more than back. SZA, SZA is running all of R&B right now for the girls, and I love that for her. And the, the way she moves in that video. Woo. At 144, do we all remember the Gossip Girl meme that happened earlier this year? No. You remember? It was the photo of Blake Lively uh, and then uh, the photo of um, Leighton Meester from their, with their Gossip Girl characters, and it would have Blake Lively asking a question and then... And the Gossip Girl logo yeah, yeah, yeah. was edited yeah, yeah, yeah. to answer it. Like, why did the U.S. invade Iraq? 
oil girl. <laughs> I remember that. Now. That was fun. God, that feels like centuries ago. What is Shrek? Ogre girl. <laughs> and at 145, um, that insane video where Henry Cavill um, built a PC from scratch. That reminds me of that video of Bjork in the 90s showing you the back of a television. And, yes. And... <laughs> And talking about gears and things. Anyway. Yeah, the next Sherlock Holmes will just be a deep dive into Geek Squad culture. So, And the first time he showed a personality. So <laughs> besides, besides just having abs. Mm-hmm. Um, 146, um, the Army Hamber um, bondage stuff that came out. No, wait, that was years ago, though, right? No, there was, a, there was a leaked text messages during quarantine. Oh, damn it. I missed that. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, there were DMs that came out, so that was fun. Daniel Radcliffe um, wrote an open letter to J.K. Rowling and basically became um, one of the best people involved in the Harry Potter Ugh, multiverse. Yeah. What a saint. I mean, also, the J.K. Rowling story, I know we've talked about it. It's just every time you even think about it for a second, it's so depressing. It just mm-hmm. feels like it does not need to be this way at all, and she has just so torpedoed what anybody ever thought of her and... I can't even. I can't compare it to anything. It's so hateful and horrible. Yeah, and it's exhausting and like depressing. Even having to still discuss her. Right. Yeah, totally. and boo her for tarnishing like all of our childhoods. A more fun thing that we neglected to mention on the show when it happened. <laughs> so we're mentioning it now. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Lena Dunham <laughs> went on Watch What Happens Live and she claimed that she ate a whole cheesecake after doing a hit of poppers, but- and then Dua Lipa, who was also a guest on the show and Andy Cohen just stare at her like what poppers don't do that no (laughs) they turn you a little bit rosy for a little while and uh you enjoy the moment and then it passes and you are not hungrier why why pretend that you've done poppers Lena (laughs) baffling glomming on the gay culture uh at 149 voting yes and 150 I'm going to give a congratulations to Emily and John Favreau. Oh yeah, the baby this year. Oh, you know, yeah. I think the feud is over. <laughs> oh, we wrapping it up for real? Yeah, I'm very happy for them, and I <laughs> sent them a gift. Well, it was a very legitimate feud to begin with, so I'm so glad yeah. we put it behind <laughs> us. Whatever it was based on, the vague idea that you were hit with a car. I'm so glad. <laughs> The moment has passed. <laughs> John, you're free to come on the show whenever we can find time in the schedule. Right. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Iris says the 300th episode is available. <laughs> you can come then. And that's 150 things that did not suck this year. Woohoo! We did it. Woo! Was it a discussion or just a frantic asthmatic listing? That's up to the listeners to decide. <laughs> We're really going to give the Twitter account um, Keep It Stands um, a lot to do this week. Yeah, oh, a lot God. of pull quotes. <laughs> that girl be working. <laughs> Honorary 151, Keep It Stands. Such yeah. awesome job. Yeah. We'll be right back.
All right, y'all, before we get to keep it, um, like as I said before, each of us each week is going to go into our voting plan um, so we can just show you how easy or not easy um, it is to vote. Um, but, you know, everyone should come up with a plan. The election is weeks away. My plan currently is um, I just moved. So I had to go to the California voter registration website and re-register to vote. So I am currently waiting for my ballot to arrive in the mail because uh, I have it set for um, mail-in ballots for every election. Uh, I'm going to fill that out, and then I'm going to drop it off at a drop-off location in person. And I'm going to do it early because I think that if you are able to go early, you should go early so you're not holding up the line mm-hmm. on election day. And you also get that text message that says, your vote has been counted, and you breathe out for the first time <laughs> in 1,200 days. <laughs> I love the track your ballot thing mm-hmm. um, that California has. It is truly a lifesaver. <laughs> and I would love to talk about two people I'm very excited to vote for this year. One of them is George Gascon who is running for L.A. District Attorney. Uh, He has been endorsed by Kamala, Mm -hmm. Bernie, and Elizabeth Warren, and Patrice Cullors. And he's basically better than Jackie Lacey, whose husband waved a gun at protesters. So, <laughs> and Jackie Lacey um, was plenty disappointing on her own. So. Yeah. If you are in Los Angeles, you can go to georgegascon.org to get involved. And also, because I have now moved into District 4 in Los Angeles, I get to vote for Nithia. Yay! Who was on the show <laughs> earlier this year. Um, I'm assuming but, that's the um, only reason why you moved over there, right? It's not for the location. Yes, I moved, I moved specifically so I could vote for Nithia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's such an awesome blend of conscience and proactiveness. Every time she has a thought about the city, it immediately turns into something actionable. She's so Mm -hmm. inspiring. And we really, really, really need to um, reform the fucking L.A. City Council. Yeah. Ding. Like, period. Uh, And she's been endorsed by Bernie, Jane Fonda, Mindy Kaling, uh, our friend Joel Kim Booster, uh, and Natalie Portman, um, whose home I got to look at when I went to a Nithia... um, Fundraiser pre quarantine. Wow. Yeah. Any good V for Vendetta merch around there? <laughs> <laughs> it actually just looked like um, the home from Knives Out. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of sweeping stairwells <laughs> uh, and a lot of um, portraits of, you know, ballet dancers yeah, because of her husband. I was going to say, Benjamin Millipede needs room to jeté, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, who do I wish I could vote for? Well, since I'm no longer registered to vote in Wisconsin, um, I do wish that I could vote for Trisha Zunker. She would be the first indigenous person to rep Wisconsin in Congress, mm. and she is currently an associate justice of the Ho-Chunk Supreme Court in the Ho-Chunk Nation in Wisconsin and president of the Wausau School Board. She's been endorsed by Biden, Harris, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and Tammy Baldwin. She supports Medicare for All supports access to mental health resources and competitive trade agreements for farmers, uh, supports rural broadband and strict regulation as it relates to the environment. She supports the release of nonviolent drug offenders from prison and opposes guns in school. So go to TrishaForWisconsin.com to donate and get involved. And if you're in Wisconsin, District 7, go and vote for her. Also, Crooked just launched Vote Save America's Build Your Own Ballot Tool, which is live in all 50 states. 
Visit votesaveamerica.com slash ballot and enter the address where you're registered to vote to see the exact races and ballot measures you'll be voting on and get more information about all of them. Vote Save America did the research, compiled the information. This makes it so easy to learn about the things on your ballot and can help you make informed choices. Pull it up while you fill out your vote-by-mail ballot at home or save it on your phone or print it out to bring with you if you're voting in person. Visit votesaveamerica.com slash ballot now to learn more. And um, shout out to my roommate and best friend I love, Royce, for working on some of these. When we're back, keep it. back with our favorite segment of the episode as usual it is keep it thought you weren't going to get a keep it this week but here you go <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say it's I, been a pretty complimentary episode overall yeah i, I, I missed the rancor which of with, course. we are associated <laughs> the contempt has been bubbling and i've just been waiting but i'm here and i'm, yeah. I'm for it maybe maybe our longest episode but you know what it is 150 skip so around yes yeah, skip around you it's supersized <laughs> like those friends episodes when they were competing against survivor right <laughs> hey. wow that's a lost memory for me thank you for unearthing it yeah You'd be watching Friends and all of a sudden, why is this episode 48 minutes? Oh, because they want you to keep watching it and you missed the beginning of Survivor. Uh, Lewis, what is your keep it this week? Uh, my keep it is to gay men trying to, quote unquote, reclaim the <laughs> Proud Boys hashtag <laughs> by posting the Proud Boys hashtag and then video footage of themselves making out. Guys, do you know what the Proud Boys are? They are a... <laughs> far-right, neo-fascist, male-only organization that is associated with white supremacy. And while there are obviously members who would be homophobic, it really is like about xenophobia, about racism, things like that, uh, being Trump's lackeys. Offsetting it with you and your boyfriend in Provincetown having a snog is not... (laughs) the right answer and doesn't change their opinion and also doesn't acknowledge the seriousness of that group. There are plenty of ways in which you can upset people with homosexuality. And I really recommend most of them. Um, (laughs) But in this case, I think you're mostly missing the point and playing down the threat level of these people. It's just intensely crazy that they are, for instance, brought up during a presidential debate and that President Trump only says stand by and stand back and can't outright condemn them and then later pretends he had been condemning them all along when he obviously hadn't been. So I think it's better that we just are forthright in saying these people fucking suck. They have no place in America. They have no place uh, in political discourse. Instead of cheekily shrugging them off, with our latest videos of crop top culture. <laughs> also, leave it to white gay men on the internet to find another opportunity to share photos that they would have shared anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, we we, we we know that you're making out with your boyfriend. Uh, you, you share those photos like every other week. It's just a lot of the people that I saw sharing like hashtag Proud Boys photos. It was like, you, you drop this on Friday. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's really taking something that uh, seems like activism and really just making it about your ego um, and looking for attention. You know, it was sort of like the the gay version of putting a black square on Instagram. Yeah. But even more obnoxious, even more obnoxious, because uh, then I have to, then I just have to be single, looking at you making out with your boyfriend. Looking at a black square is 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 much more pleasant. Yeah. Also, in general, it's just an under funny idea too. If maybe one or two people had done it and that had picked up, I don't know if that would have been more tolerable. But everybody giving it a shot, it's just you're not adding to the comedy by doing this. And also, no proud boys stopped. Or whatever the in- yeah. Yeah, you were going for. <laughs> at this point, at this point, all gay couples should just ha- take their kiss photo and hold up a blank white poster so they can just type in their activism du jour for their post. <laughs> whatever works for you. <laughs> Black Lives Matter one week, Proud Boys the next week, whatever works. Happy birthday, Ed Frank. <laughs> 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 Here's a photo of my boyfriend and I on Molly making out. <laughs> but, but we did do it on the top floor of the club. You kind of get what I'm putting down. See? Oh, there we go. Also, <laughs> also, it's especially unfunny because you know who I believe started this? It was George Takei's uh, social media account. And I thought we all agreed that um, we were going to ignore whatever um gay social media person George Takei hired years ago to make memes for him um, because it's it's not <laughs> him making Facebook, no. Twitter, or Instagram content. And so why are we still paying attention to it? Mm-hmm. It's the kind of humor that makes me make the this face emoji. <laughs> he's, making he's doing that, the queasy. Yeah, the queasy. Yeah, the queasy one. It's always a little too cloying, a little not yeah. hilarious, a little yeah. not adult. Yeah. Well, this week it was also, this week George Takei was also trying to make, uh, after the fly landed on Pence's head, hashtag black flies matter. Um, <laughs> oh. Jokes happen. And um, let's not. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Okay, um my my keep it this week is a quick little short story that happened to me. I won't go full Alice Walker on you guys. I will keep it very short. But I had a very uncomfortable flight back home to LA. So I just moved back to LA deciding that hopefully this quarantine will be over soon, but who knows? It's not looking good. It won't it's, be. It's looking grim, baby. <laughs> it won't grim. be. <laughs> <laughs> But on my uncomfortable flight, I so I we're about we're all about to board and I'm standing in the jetway and this man in front of me looks back and goes, Can you step back? I need you to be socially distant. And which people are still doing, but it's not I mean now that the, the airports are crowded again, it's 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 much more difficult to stay socially distant. But he looks back and he goes, Yeah, can you please maintain six feet? I am immunocompromised. And I was like, oh my God, I feel awful. Like I 100%, yes, yeah. And I was the only person in the jetway giving him space. And then he boarded. And of course, the the thing hit me where I was like, you're about to be sitting next to someone on a plane. Why are you so concerned about me behind you in the jetway? Fine, whatever. I just sat in my seat and prayed that he sat nowhere near me. Then he sat in the seat right behind me, right right behind me. And then as I'm looking down the plane, another person starts boarding. And it's someone who's presumably in the army. He's wearing fatigues. And he's the only person on the plane who has taken his mask fully off. He's not wearing his mask. And guess where this man sits? Right by the quote-unquote immunocompromised man who's sitting behind me. And I, I just sat there waiting. I'm like, 
oh, he's definitely going to say something. He's a sick man mm. <laughs> sitting next to a maskless man, although he's in fatigues. And then they just started getting chummy and literally like licking each other's palms. That's how close they were. <laughs> I was like, what in the imperialism and misogyny and racism just played out in front of me? And oftentimes things like this happen to me where I'll see some fuck shit or it's racist or it's clearly there's a disparity going on. But it's never happened in such quick succession and with such high contrast and irony. And I just sat there laughing the whole flight and, and they, they became friends, I'm sure. So I don't know what happened to that man, but keep it to that man. And I hope he really is immunocompromised and I, and I hope he got like scarlet fever or whatever it is, whatever it is that that man gave him. (laughs) He wanted to get infected with the electric energy of the U S military. You have to understand it's a feeling Mm -hmm. you just want. They're so fun and energetic. That's why they wear fatigues. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is true. I was in an elevator at target over the weekend and they're giant elevators that take you to the parking garage. Yeah. I was in it with, Two other women, mm-hmm. and we were they ha- we had carts all in between us, so we were spaced out. Yeah. There was one other guy who entered, and he goes, "Distance, distance, come on, you fuckers!" and what? left the elevator as if we weren't all masked. So I did the thing you should do in that situation, where I looked at the women, I said, "Sorry, that's my husband." <laughs> and <laughs> uh, thank and, God for humor, inject it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we're all doing the best we can. If yeah. if we were like taking up space we didn't need to be taking up that would have been one thing but I was easily six feet from him so anyway strange situation yeah also that's particular target um, that one in West Hollywood, yeah. Lewis, is the, el- the elevator is horrifying to Ugh. me. And I usually just take the escalator up through the outside so I can go into Target because being in that small little box with people is terrifying. Yeah, but it's like a bigger elevator than it normal, is. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway. It's like a freight elevator almost. Mm-hmm. For yeah, me and my um, nine ninety nine copies of The Sixth Sense or whatever I buy at Target. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if I have a keep it this week, it is mostly just to the uproar over Bill Burr's SNL monologue. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fair. I'm gonna be on the wrong end of this keep it. I feel like, but continue. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know what? <laughs> I found the monologue funny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I found it funny in the sense that. I think that SNL right now has a bit of a personality crisis. Yeah. Uh, And I think that right now, particularly politically, um, after um, allowing Trump to be on the show and now like really trying to find itself and be in opposition to Trump in such a stark way, there's nothing about SNL's current season that is really making it feel like it is necessary right now you know there's no like driving mission statement behind it whether or not you liked the monologue it at least felt current Mm -hmm. uh, and it felt like it was trying to say something it fumbled a bit in the way that um maybe he seemed a bit uncomfortable even giving the monologue himself um which you know i'm sure he didn't really have time to um do it as a stand-up routine before. Um, it's probably his first time like on stage really doing a show since we're in the midst of quarantine. I found the project that he said silly in construction, but I wasn't offended by it. I didn't need the Daily Beast to have a headline that said, Bill Burr's homophobic monologue uh, rant <laughs> on SNL. I thought what was goofy about it was the fact that we had to um, go along with the conceit that this man who was 52 years old did not know what Pride Month is. Right. It's been around a while. And my yeah. Thi- yeah. Yeah. My thing is, if you're going to do comedy like that, at least make the setup for the joke believable. Mm-hmm. 
I think my problem with it was, you're right, it wasn't so much that it was offensive so much as his style is like shouting it to you as if like he's like telling you the truth and you're like yeah. the losers who don't get it. And it's like, first of all, you're talking about John Wayne being canceled. That's a two-year-old discussion now. So we're well That was past exhausting. That. And also, I felt- We his, talked about that on Keep It. Right. My, my feeling is his take about it was pretty- bland like well john wayne's Mm. dead is all he said i think it would have been funnier if he had said something like can you imagine john wayne coming around on homophobia and being like you know a set decorator on rio bravo really changed my mind or whatever i don't know but like there's there are other takes to have there and then the pride month stuff it was reminiscent of an old chris rock bit too which i think people were reacting to so i think it wasn't so much that the jokes were offensive. It's that his intensity about the novelty of what he was saying did not match the content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was funny that the it, that it was a remix of a Chris Rock joke a week after Chris Rock did <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh-huh. I've always enjoyed Bill Burr for his delivery and the, the stand-up of it. The, the actual technique, he's a very good writer. I think what he always runs the risk of is he shouldn't be the one delivering the jokes that he has so well written. Mm. <laughs> and I wish they had come from anyone else. In fact, at times, I was listening to his diatribe on white women that he did in his monologue, which was funny at its moments, but I realized just sounded like it came directly from the mouth of like one of my girlfriends. Bill Burr is married to a black woman, and I'm not saying that he regurgitated all of her thoughts, but it sounded like an angry black woman yelling about something, some Karen that she just saw at the grocery store. Yeah, on that, I would say I adore his wife, Nia Renee Hill. Um, I will say that a lot of the jokes, particularly that one, um, are coming from a place, obviously, of he's married to a black woman now. So, like, you know, he he has this anger towards white women that a lot of <laughs> people in the country share, you know, for yeah. the 53%. Uh, it's just odd that then coming out of the mouth of a white man, though, because white men are even more trash right. than white women. They're the number the one. Trust me on yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, 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 we constantly denounce the 53% and make jokes about it on social media, but that always gives white men a free pass. <laughs> and they're the reason we're in the midst of all of this. You know? <laughs> they set up the patriarchy. There was that CNN poll being like, who do you think won the Kamala Harris-Mike Pence debate? And something like 66% of white men <laughs> said that Pence won. It's like, maybe you're the reason everything is as bad as it is. I will just lastly say that it is nice to see a white man um, trying to step into the perspective of someone else in comedy. Uh, and I think it just brings up that interesting question, though, you know, about, like, if he has this to say from the perspective of black women, for instance. Um, should a black woman be doing that? Um, <laughs> or should he be doing it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting convo for us to start having in comedy um but on the whole um i was not offended by the monologue in the least Mm -hmm. um and it was one of the better parts of the show (laughs) 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 z way (laughs) lean uh all right that's our show this week uh 150 fucking episodes A pleasure. I, unfortunately, we're going to do 150 more. So yeah, so strap yeah. in. 150 episodes in like nearly three years. Maybe maybe the most steady like drop that I've had in <laughs> ever. Whoa, you really just scared me. You might be it might be right for me too. Right. Wow. <laughs> we rarely even get that in TV unless you're working on like um, you know Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Becker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, The New Adventures of Old Christine. Right, which was secretly on five or six years or whatever. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you again to Nicole Ritchie for being on the show. As I said earlier, John Favreau, come on, keep it. The 300th episode has your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Keep It is a production of Crooked Media, produced by Caroline Reston. Ira Madison III is our executive producer. That's me. And Brian Samuel is our associate producer. Bill Lance is our editor, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer. Because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy.